Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you. I'm so glad that we get to come together in online worship, in in-person worship, to make a difference in our lives, in the lives of others, so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. I, I, I am uh, excited to have you with us. And, and if you are new here, I just wanted to say a very special welcome to you. We're excited that you have chosen to come and spend a little bit of your time with us this day in worship and celebration of who God is and, and what God is doing in and through us and, and how we would love to have you join us to, to grow in relationship with one another, to grow in relationship with God. Because the truth is we recognize that we are not perfect but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And, and together, we want to grow in that relationship so that we can be made more and more into the image of God, so that we can lean into our relationship with God and, and allow God to transform us from the inside out, so that we can make a difference in this world, so that we can love people well, so that we can live boldly for Jesus and proclaim the good news that Jesus has come to rescue us from sin and brokenness and invite us into relationship. That's, that's kind of the core of what we've been talking about for this past few weeks. If, if you've been joining us uh, for this identity worship series, uh, then my, my hope is that you have been blessed by this, that it, is, it has helped you to see yourself in a different light. Uh, we started by saying, hey, uh, we're, we're sinners in need of a Savior. We recognize that we're broken and we need Jesus. The good news is that Jesus came for us and, and allows us to have new life. That was week two. We, we talked about being reborn in Christ, that our past does not dictate who we are, but Jesus dominates our future and allows us to be more like him and, and calls us deeper into that relationship. And, and last week, we talked about how we are invited into the family of God, that God invites us to be a part of his family, equal co-heirs with Jesus, which should boggle and blow our minds consistently because that is just, we know we don't deserve it. We know we haven't earned it, but God offers it to us through grace anyway by faith. And so we embrace that. And this week, this week we're going to talk about what does it mean to actually live in the image of God, to be imagers of God. And, and I, th I think, you know, for all of us, we, we can recognize that uh, e even at a very young age, we look to others to help us find our identity. Who we are is based on who we are around and, and what we are dealing with. When I was, when I was a little kid, uh, my dad sold insurance. Uh, he eventually had an insurance company where he sold like corporate lines insurance. Uh, but when, when I was younger, he sold uh, for another company, sold insurance. And, and that was actually my first job as, as, a, as a child. My dad uh, incorporated child labor into my, my, my life. Life, uh, he would hand me a stack of three by five business car of three by five uh, cards and a, a, a form a, a thing that had a bunch of business names and phone numbers and contact information and I would write all of these things down in special areas on the card because this was back in the day before there were databases uh, on computers that people would use and so he would use these three by five cards to know okay I need to make this phone call to this company and it's this person and he would write down the dates that he made these phone calls so that he could have a little 
little bit of information. And, and I remember just being infatuated with this concept of, of, of being like my dad. And maybe, maybe you've been there too, that your parents were the first people. I think they're the, the parents can be the first people we try to, to be like, we pretend to be like. And for me, it was, I was going to be an insurance salesman. That's, that's a very high, high, high esteem job there that I was seeking for. Uh, and, and my dad had a, a briefcase that he used to carry around, and, and he had gotten a new briefcase with his initials on it, and this was the old briefcase. And so I would, I would load up the old briefcase with, with paperwork that I didn't even understand what it all meant because it was just laying on a desk, and I would proceed to then go and try and sell insurance to my cat. Um, the cat at the time, his name cleverly was Mr. Cat. Uh, and I would try and sell insurance to Mr. Cat. What's interesting is I didn't realize it at the time, but I was probably the first person to ever invent pet insurance because that was way back in the 70s uh, where this was happening. And, and so uh, honestly, and I get no kickbacks from it. It's kind of lame. But uh, the whole idea that was in, in looking at my dad and looking at my mom, I, I, I started imaging, uh, I started trying to pretend to be more like them, to be more like my dad in particular, because that's who I was, I was trying to be like. And here's, here's the deal. We do this all the time. I, I, embarrassingly, in 2007, so 14 years ago, there was a TV show that came out called Burn Notice. And Burn Notice was a, a spy that... Uh, now he's not a spy, but he's still kind of a spy. And he was trying doing, you know, it's, 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 it was a typical show where people are trying to do good things, even though they're not great people. And, and so it was this TV show. Well, I enjoyed the TV show. My kids and I, we watched it together. And, and one of the things that I really liked was the, the lead character, this guy, Michael Weston, right? And, and Michael uh, was the spy that had been burned and now was kind of like the modern day Robin Hood. And, and, and I wanted to be more like my... Now, this was only 14 years ago, guys. So this is pretty embarrassing. And I knew to myself, hey, I can't be younger like he is. Uh, and I, I don't have the physique that he does. And I sure don't have the awesome hair that he had. But you know what I could have? I could have those sunglasses, so I went online and I did a search so that I could find these sunglasses because they were these really cool rose-tinted sunglasses. I, I, I spent a lot of time in my house over this past week trying to find those sunglasses because I figured I still had them somewhere. I, I guess they weren't as important now as they were 14 years ago, but it, it's just one of those things where I was like, I want to be like him. I, I want to image or imagine myself being more like him. And the only way I could do it it was to have these sunglasses. And, and my guess is that you have experienced this in your life as well through maybe your mom or your dad or by your friends trying to be more like them. Maybe it's not even intentional. Maybe it's just being together where some of, some of you and some of them rub off together and, and, and you start to be more like each other. You start to talk more like each other. You use the same slogans. You watch the same things on TV. You, you start to be more like that person. Or, or you see movie stars or social media stars and, and you want to be more like them because you think that they are, are so much better and, and, and 
and, and you want to embrace that. Or, or even sports heroes or, or popular kids at school. Whatever it is, whoever it is, you're, you're trying to image them. You're trying to be more like them. And, and uh, on the outside, you are trying to appear more like them. And, and this isn't bad. And I, I think it's not bad because the truth is we're trying to carry their image in ourselves to be more like them in every way possible. And the reason that this isn't a bad thing is because I believe with everything I am that this is how we were created. We were created to image, not image one another necessarily, but to image God, to be more like our Father in heaven. Actually, in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, in the first chapter, we see this being stated. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In the image of God, we were created. Now, a a lot of times when we hear that, when we hear somebody say, in the image of God, we think that, that maybe it's the way that we think or, or the way that we look or the way that we act, anything like that. And, and I wanted to, uh, to challenge us a little bit. I think the image of God is a job description, not a slogan. It's not a description of, of what we look like or how we act. It's, it's a description of, of what we should be doing, that we should be imaging our Father. We should be imaging Jesus Christ. And when I say imaging, I mean we should be looking more and more like them each and every moment of each and every day. This is the hope that we have in Jesus, is that that we can be made new in Him, and, and, and through that being made new, we are transformed from the inside out so that we can be more like Jesus, so that we can live more like Jesus and embrace the life that Jesus has for us. And and this is what we have been called to as the church. So when we find our identity in Christ, when we embrace that, Christ has a purpose and a plan for our lives. We are uniquely called and gifted. And it says this in the the book of Ephesians, which is what we've been working through this entire time. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people, get this, for works of service. We've been equipped by God so that we can be more like God and, and serve the people just like Jesus did, so that the body of Christ may be built up. So through serving others, we're built up until here we go. We all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Our goal is to allow God to to transform us from the inside out until we, we attain the full measure of Christ, so that we are so much like Christ that it is indistinguishable where we leave off and Christ begins. 
This is the hope of identity. This is why we've been talking about this whole series is because we are called to image God. Yes, we're sinners in need of a savior. Yes, we've been given new life. Yes, we're adopted into the family of God, but it is so that we can find our identity by imaging God. We're called to be more like Jesus. We're called to embrace this life and and to, to, to surrender all that we are at the throne of Christ himself so that Christ in us can be a a work of art, a, a thing of power and transformation, not just for us, not just for the church, but for the world, for everything that is going on. I love that Paul, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I have not shared yet with you is, is this book, um, the book of Ephesians, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he wrote it while he was in jail. He was incarcerated, uh, and he's writing this letter of, of excitement and, and hope, and, and he, he calls us to, to live more like Jesus, even in the midst of being a prisoner himself. It says this, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, now here's what he's calling us to live like. As a prisoner, he's calling us to live a, a life worthy of the calling, the gift of grace that we have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Remember, there is one body and one Spirit, just as we were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We we are called to surrender ourselves and embrace the gift of Jesus to allow God to do a powerful work in us so that through us, things can be made different around us. So that through us, people can recognize the gift of Christ that we have received. So that through us, the life that we have in Jesus is, is made abundantly clear to those that we are, are, are in doing life with. And so when we, when we think about this, when we think about receiving this image of God, when we think about finding our full identity in Christ, uh, it, it reminds me of another letter written by Paul also to a church in Colossae. And he's, he's encouraging us not to fall back into the trap of being like we used to be, but instead to embrace the new life that we have in Christ. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. He's saying we're sinners in need of a savior. Don't, Don't be like that anymore because you've taken off the old self. You have been born again in Christ and and put on the new self, which is being renewed It's being renewed because we have been adopted into the family of God in knowledge, in the image of its creator. We have been 
called into relationship with Jesus Christ, not so that we can uh, have a, a really cool community that all we do is, is focus on ourselves. No, so that we can, we can allow God to do that great work within us, so that we can allow God to change us, to shape us, to mold us, to make us more and more like Him, so that the world takes note. We reveal the Father through love and grace we share the hope of the world because we have received that hope in ourselves. And we share that with everyone we come in contact with. This is what it means to find your identity in Christ. And, you know, the truth is this. You are uniquely created, gifted, called, and sent to image God in this world. You are uniquely created, gifted, called, and sent to image God in this world. This isn't, uh, this isn't something where it's just you're, you're just a bystander. God has a purpose and a plan for you because you have been uniquely called. You as an individual may be the only way that someone will ever hear the good news. Not because they haven't heard it from somebody else, but maybe because you have done life with them, and that life has enriched their lives. Maybe you as a neighbor have gone through difficulties with your, with, with your community, that, that your neighbor was struggling with his marriage or her marriage, or your neighbor was struggling with his or her kids, or your neighbor was struggling, and you were there. You were there offering an ear offering some time to be present with them, helping them through it, not because you, were, uh, you had an underlying motive of transforming them into Jesus' own image, but because you have been transformed into Jesus' image. And now you can share that love and that hope. You, you need to know that your voice has power, that you have an opportunity because you have been specifically called, uniquely gifted, and your purpose is to share that love and grace with others, to, to be specific and, and do life alongside people, not so that you can stand at a, a grocery store and hand out tracts, hoping that somebody might read it one day and, and become uh, more like Jesus, but instead to do life right alongside people. And when they notice God in you, to share the reason why you have, have embraced this image, this purpose, this plan, this hope in God. And so if you're sitting out there and maybe you're, you're wondering, what does it look like to truly embrace the identity that Christ offers us? To, to truly lean into this relationship, that's, that's the first thing we actually need to do. We need to lean in to God. To not go our own way, but say, God, I need you. God, God, help me to, to really identify as a Christian. Help me to not just identify by my actions, but by my, my very being to be more like you. Help me to image you in a way that I never have before. And, and, and then we have to allow ourselves to grow in grace. Again, we're not perfect, but we know the one who is. So when we embrace that hope, when we allow God to grow in us and be made more and more into the image of God, we, we also show ourselves grace when we slip and fall. But the truth is, 
that we are on the path. Here's the deal. I had a seminary professor who painted this picture for me and it stuck with me forever. Christianity, being like Christ, is like riding a bicycle. Either you move forward or you fall off. You always have to be striving and struggling and wrestling with your identity so that you can be made more and more into the image of God. Or you'll stagnate, you'll become tepid, and you'll become useless to the kingdom. And God wants so much for us to be useful because when we are useful to God, we come to life and we share that grace that we have received with others. And that's what he calls us to, share love with others. And and remember, your voice has power and you never know, you never know what a kind word, a kind gesture is going to mean for somebody who is going through difficult times. We need to allow God to be in us, to allow God to share his love through us so that in our identity, in our very being, everything we are, everything we do becomes a precursor to to show others who Jesus is what Jesus has done for you, and what what you have become because of Jesus Christ. Uh, The truth is, we need to let Christ in you be what people notice. I I struggle with this, I really do, because I I know that there are, are, are times when when we leave church, when you know we're we're at church and we're 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 super holy at church, but when we leave church, we struggle. We struggle to share that identity. We struggle to embrace who Christ has called us to be. We struggle to be the people that He's called us to be, and and so we live this dual life: one which is the life we lead at church, and one is the life we lead outside of church. And our hope in Christ is that those two, the separation between them, would become less and less. That we would be more like Jesus. That we would allow Christ in us to transform us so that we could share the love and hope and grace that we have in Christ. And this is how we find our identity in Christ. This is what identity in Christ is all about. It's surrender. It's allowing God to transform us and to embrace this image of every fiber of our being being more like Jesus. That's why the image, the, the, the whole idea for this series came from that art, that piece of art, that thumbprint that has 66 lines. And every one of those lines on that thumbprint is a line from the book uh, from the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible. There are 66 lines in that thumbprint. It starts with Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it ends in Revelation. Alleluia from the Revelation. And, and every single line in that thumbprint is, is a line from the Bible. And what, what inspires me is just this thought of what if, what if we really embrace this? What if we truly lived into this image? What if we allowed God to do such a powerful and profound work in us 
that everything we leave behind, every interaction, every conversation, everything we do leaves behind God's fingerprints. And, and so much so that even, even if we left just our fingerprints behind, that the Word of God was so ingrained in us, that our, our identity was so fixed on Christ, that even those fingerprints contained the very Word of God, the hope of the world. And so I want to encourage you to, to use your God-given gift of imagination to, to imagine yourself as an imager of God, to imagine yourself fully living into the identity that Christ has for us and embracing that identity on your own. What, what would it look like if you allowed God that access, if you embraced the idea of fully engaging with the identity that Christ has in mind for you, if you let God get a hold of you, even the deepest, darkest parts of you, and, and to transform you from the inside out, what would it look like in your life? What would it look like in the life of your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, and in your world? My guess is that the world wouldn't be ready for how we would be transformed. That the world wouldn't be ready for the love and grace that we would be able to share. And that the world would be overwhelmed by what God has done in each and every one of us. So let us embrace our identity in Christ. Let us be more like Jesus and let us love well this world and the people that God has placed in our paths so that they can see Jesus in us. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift of grace we receive in Jesus Christ, for the life that you offer us, for the hope we have in you and, and, and the, the gift of family that you offer to us. So Father, help us to embrace all of this so that we can be made more and more like you, so that we can find our identity in you, so that we can embrace who we are in you, so that we can grow in you and, and our, our brokenness, our selfishness, our selfish desires become less and less. Let us live for you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to know those spots that, that need to be smoothed out, those places where you are calling us to surrender in our lives so that we can live more like Jesus. Help us to, to embrace the idea of this job description, the image of God, and to live fully into the hope that we have in you. We pray this together in the name of Jesus, and all of us agreed and said, Amen.